Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 16 through 19, called What's Bugging You? There is an interesting... uh idea in the Hebrew here. The language in verse 18, so there were gnats on man and beast. Uh, let me go back for a second. The phrase bring out the lice could mean either produce them or get rid of them or take them out. There's a possibility in the Hebrew for both. I would tend to think that Pharaoh's request would be, get them out of here and look for an ancient exterminator in the land of Egypt. Can I get a witness? Pull up the bands, bring out the big guns, get rid of them. Whether it was adding, I I don't know why they would add gnats or trying to get rid of them, they could not. And so the gnats were on man and beast. Can you imagine coming to Pharaoh to give your report? Pharaoh, we tried with our magical arts. I can't hear you. Speak up. We tried with our magical arts. We couldn't do it. And they're buzzing Pharaoh and they're buzzing the priests. And by the way, the priests were very much into cleanliness in Egypt. Uh, They shaved their body hair, shaved their heads for their service. So the priesthood in Egypt probably was rendered, you know, they couldn't do anything. And the bugs were everywhere. Can you imagine what life was like in Egypt, the desperation of people. How many people must have been annoyed walking down the street, running down the street? Ah! <laughs> it was, had to be complete chaos and mayhem. Magnified many times over what we've seen in our world. And so they were on man and beast. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get rid of the chaos, and neither can we without the Lord. Colossians 1 says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things And in him, in Jesus, all things hold together. You want to know who's controlling ma'at, if you will? Jesus. He holds the whole world together. And he holds my life together. Without him, I would be a disaster. My life would be chaos. And so verse 19, the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. That's the Hebrew word Elohim. They don't use the word Yahweh. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. This is the finger of God. We can't duplicate it. We can't get rid of them. This is God. Now, are they acknowledging that the God of the Bible is the true God that's open for debate because the Hebrew word Elohim can be translated God's Did they think that this was some supreme God? Did they believe it was the God of the Bible? That's open for some debate. But let's assume for a moment that they say, this is the God of Israel doing this. 
This is the power of God and the finger of God. I don't think they're, they've become believers, but they're acknowledging God's power. Did that happen in the ministry of Jesus? Yes. People saw his power. They even witnessed him raising Lazarus from the dead. And still, Jesus said, though one rises from the dead, some will not believe. It doesn't matter the evidence that you give them. The evidence, the fingerprints of God are all around us. The heavens declare the glory of God. Your body cries out that there's a God. The design of this particular planet and the universe and its order and the distance of the sun and the moon and the oceans and sea life. Uh, Man, there's so much diversity and yet in the complexity it all works together. God has not hidden himself from anyone. And just by the physical creation we're we're without excuse. Now only twice more in the Old Testament is the finger of God, that language mentioned. You know what it has to do with? The writing of what? The Ten Commandments. Moses says in Exodus 31, 18, that the law, the literal stone tablets, were written with the finger of God. Do you know that's why people don't want the Ten Commandments up on the wall? Because they represent the God of the Bible and his divine law. And they're really good things. Like don't have idols in your life. Honor your mom and dad. Have a day of worship set aside where you can rest and recover and focus on God. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't covet. Oh, we can't have those up on the wall. (laughs) Why not? Because then people would read them and get a tummy ache. That's what some people literally think. They get a tummy ache. All those thou shall nots. It sort of bugs me. In the New Testament, the finger of God comes up. And I want you to turn there. And we'll conclude with a couple of New Testament passages. We're going to move to Luke 11, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Jesus came on the scene. He was doing ministry. And one of the uh, aspects of his ministry was casting out demons. Talk about things that bug. Luke 11, look at verse 15. Some of them said, that is Pharisees, according to Matthew's version, we're in Luke eleven fifteen. said, he, Jesus, cast out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And others to test him were demanding of him a sign from heaven. But he knew their thoughts, how inconvenient. And he said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. If I by Beelzebul cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Consequently, they shall be your judges. Now, Beelzebul is the name of the, for the devil, but it actually means master of the house. And the Jews had a play on words, and they, they changed the name to Beelzebub, with a B-U-B at the end. 
It, it occurs as the name of a, of a false god in Ekron. But guess what it came to mean? And it was a, a derisive term. It, term. it came to mean Lord of the Dung or Lord of the Flies. And they said, oh, he's casting out demons by the power of the Lord of the flies. And that was derisive. That is that they, it was a put down. And Jesus walked around the area of Galilee and down into Jerusalem. And you know what he saw? People under the power of Satan. People bugged. People under that, they couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't brush it away. They had no power. And Jesus, with the word, not only would he cast out demons, but he would say, be quiet, don't say anything. And he was the power of God on display. And he went around doing good. And he says these words, this is verse 20, but if, Luke eleven twenty, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, in Matthew's parallel passage, it says by the spirit of God, Matthew 12, 28, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own homestead, his possessions are undisturbed. But when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away from him all his armor on which he had relied and distributes his plunder. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. The greater Moses showed up And he said, I, referring back to Exodus, cast out demons by the finger of God, by the power of God, and because of that, the kingdom of God is upon you. What was he saying? Don't brush away the witness right before you. I am God. In me is the power of God. And if you will believe, you'll be delivered from the darkness associated with these dark powers. That's what Egypt was being told. That's what Israel was being told. That's what we're being told. One more. John chapter 8, just the next book to your right. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and early in the morning, John 8, 1, now verse 2, he came again into the temple. And all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, John 8, 3, brought a woman caught in adultery, having uh, set her in the midst. So Jesus was teaching these guys, probably strong-arming this woman. The Bible says she was caught in the very act of adultery, is placed before the master teacher. And they said to him, teacher... This woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now, in the law of Moses, written by the finger of God, the law of Moses commanded us to sown such a woman, such women. What then do you say? You can feel the pause and the tension. And they were saying this, testing him, but I'm going to submit to you, brethren, that Jesus is about to test them in order that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger, he what? He wrote on the ground. Now, this is the only record that I know of other than the reference in Luke 11 to the casting out of demons of Jesus 
writing, and he writes in the ground, in the dust. Mike Massaro here. You may know me as the guy who says, welcome to Walk in Truth. Hello, this is Mike Rizzi, one of the staff pastors. Brenda Lance, art director. This is Shane, and I'm one of the pastors. This is Claudia Rizzi, the financial administrator. I'm Rob, the program director. I just wanted to take a moment to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. And hope that it blesses you on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for listening to Walk in Truth. Thanks for learning with us every day. And I hope that you have a truly thankful, a happy, a safe, healthy. We hope that you have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. And God bless. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I want to encourage you and say I love you. I pray you'll have a wonderful Thanksgiving day. Thank you for all of you who pray for us, partner with us. Happy Thanksgiving. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. In order that they might have grounds for accusing him, but Jesus stooped down, and with his finger, he what? He wrote on the ground. Now, this is the only record that I know of, other than the reference in Luke 11 to the casting out of demons of Jesus writing. And he writes in the ground, in the dust, All kinds of conjecture about what he wrote in the dust. The Greek word allows for writing letters or even drawing like figures. What did he write? Some people think he wrote a verse in Jeremiah 17 that basically says these words, all those who turn away from me will be recorded in the dust and end up essentially in the dust maybe. Some people say, well, maybe he was writing all the people there who were holding rocks to kill her and their sins. But I think this is something that just struck me. I think in the writing of the dust of the earth, one way to look at this is Jesus is saying this. Everything that bugs you, All the sin that so easily entangles you, including this woman caught in the very act of adultery. All God's people said, where's the guy? We don't know. That's... And even the people holding the rocks, thinking they're so righteous that she should die. He is the answer. And some people believe that he's he's drawing a cross in the ground. The Greek allows for that. As if to say, the answer to the fact that you're going to return to the dust, from the dust you came, so to the dust you shall return, is answered in me becoming one of you. Because in me is the power of God. The power to save. The power to deliver from the bugs, the things that bug you. Sin, death, Satan, disease, you name it. That's why I'm here. I've come to deliver you. I am the manifest power of God. God in a human body. And so I think you all know the story. The people were ready to stone Jesus. And he wrote in the ground. And when it says, when they persisted in asking him seven, he straightened up. What about, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? He straightened up and said to them, okay. 
He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. Go ahead. Which one of you is not guilty? The one who had the right to throw the stone was the one that was writing in the ground. If there was anybody who could divinely judge this, it was him. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, eight. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone and the woman where she was in the midst. Can you imagine the emotion that she must have gone through? And straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way. From now on, sin no more. This is the final word. Leave your life of sin. I'm not going to condemn you. I've come here to save you, but here's what's implied. Follow me. And you'll leave your life of sin behind you. The very next verse accentuates this. Jesus spoke and he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have, shall have the light of life. Father, thank you for this section of scripture. Thank you for all the moms today. Thank you for the power of God manifested in the person of Christ. Thank you that he is still saving, still delivering from all that bugs us. And this particular scene, ultimately, I pray, brings us hope that the deliverer, the greater Moses, arrived. And even though this idea of the dust of the earth and us returning to it is sobering, he delivers from sin Satan and death itself. And Lord, we know you're still delivering. And you want us to be free. And my prayer for those who may be watching via live stream, those who are here, is that anyone who doesn't know you, anyone who has sensed feeling bugged by these deep gnawing questions, that ultimately we cannot escape. We don't need to escape them. We can face them with you, with your power. And you came and displayed that power through your miracles, through your ministry, through your resurrection, and you're alive. And you can remove the things that bug us. So I'm going to ask you just to take a moment, allow the Spirit of God to speak to your heart, and if you have not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've not experienced his delivering power, you can, but you must repent, you must ask him to save you. It's not enough to witness the power or see the fingerprints, you have to ask the one who saves to save you. And if you're sensing that he's been preparing you for that or maybe even calling you to return to your first love, this would be a great time to do some business with him. You don't have to have a perfect prayer, but just know that he 
came to this world to seek and to save that which is lost. And that's anybody without him, anybody who's feeling like they don't know what to do, feeling like their life is chaotic. Won't you cry out to him? Won't you just ask him to save you right now and say, Lord, I want you to become my king, my Lord, my God. I turn away from all the idols in my life, all the false gods that cannot ultimately produce. And I turn to you. I I place my trust in you. I repent. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead and I want to follow you. Change me from the inside out. Lord, you are faithful to hear those prayers and I, I also know that you're faithful to hear other prayers that are being communicated even from the heart. Thank you that you are so faithful, so good, so loving, so gracious. May your grace pour over your people in Jesus' name. You've been listening to What's Bugging You, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 8, 16 through 19. And if you missed any part of the program today, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, which is the church behind Walk in Truth, and that's where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies and free events, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. You can also learn about this Sunday's service and what the teaching will be on. Pastor Michael would love it if you came by for a visit. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app from your app store. And remember, it's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, does it bug you, speaking of a message called What's Bugging You, that Black Friday starts earlier and earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> you can't get the last bite of turkey down your throat before uh, you know someone wants to run out to a store. You might be asking, is that wrong? Perhaps. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying everything that God has blessed us with. And there's nothing wrong with having fun and shopping. And uh, it doesn't mean that if you go on Thursday night, it's bad, but Friday morning is better. It's just, and this is the central question of the book of Exodus. Who is your God? I mean, if you're just trying to wolf down the last bite of turkey to get off to the store and get the best deal and wait in a three-mile line, long line, you may want to check yourself. Um, it doesn't mean that you're doing something terrible per se, you're looking to get a good deal, but but it does say something perhaps about our society when we can't wait for uh, you know Friday morning to even go out shopping. And I'll tell you this: it's really not my thing. Uh, I don't even do Friday morning. I, I'd rather uh, shop when the masses are not there. But that's just me. Hey, you're free in Christ, but. Just remember, spend time with people because stuff will always be there. Sales and deals will always be there. But the people that you spend time with, they're precious. And, oh, I think you get it. 
Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. Hey, we're walking into the weekend. We've been walking through the book of Exodus, and we're excited that you're with us. But I want to encourage you to be in church. Even though it's a Thanksgiving weekend, what better place to be but to give thanks to our God? Hey, if you live anywhere near the Inland Empire, I pastor a church. I'm one of several pastors, actually, that pastor Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Now, that's the church family behind the ministry of Walk in Truth, which has gone into several states now, many radio stations, and on podcasts literally all over the world. We're not a huge mega church. We're just trying to be faithful to God, and we appreciate you praying for us. And I say that with all sincerity. We deeply appreciate, covet, indeed, your prayers and your financial support. If you want to know how to partner with us, you can go to walkintruth.com and click on that giving tab, walkintruth.com. We do need monthly partners. We'd love to expand the territory of the ministry. And if you want to say thank you and you've been listening for a while, this would be a great day, great way to do it, great day to do it. You can give a one-time gift. You can become a monthly partner. You can do it all at walkintruth.com. Hey, have a wonderful weekend. Have a blessed Thanksgiving weekend. And we'll see you right here next time. God bless. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 20 through 32, called The Coming Swarm. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.